Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thanksgiving hangover, maybe, for the Phoenix Suns. Rough start as they take on the Detroit Pistons at home the day after Thanksgiving, but ultimately come out, win by six points over those pesky Pistons, 108 to 102. Matthew, here we are once again, coming to you live from Amarillo, Texas. Uh, although you're in, I think, Bushland, land of, land of the bush. Where are you at? Yeah, I think it's Bushland. Yeah, it's like right outside of Amarillo. You look super <laughs> awake. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, sorry, dancers. Super tired. I think we're hey, both pretty tired. We're we're pretty beat up, and I know that tomorrow I am actually driving back to Phoenix, so that'll be a nice little twelve hour road trip. So we'll see how much length we get out of this podcast. But but a very nice win for the Phoenix Suns. They're now twelve and six on the season, the first overall seed in the Western Conference. And despite it being Friday, shout out to Metal Mike. Uh, one of our loyal jamsters, he was tweeting uh, during the game and pointed out that the Suns have last, lost their last four games on Friday. They are now two and five on the season on Fridays, Matthew. It's Thursday, Thursday, right? No, That's why it's, they're all, Thursday, it's Thursday. Yeah, no, but it leads into Friday, so they're oh. hungover, right? <laughs> yeah, typically they're hungover. And I and guess what? I guess they, you know, they had enough turkey and they were hanging out with you know some fans. We saw a campaign hold a nice little event yesterday. So I think that because it was Thanksgiving and they were out doing charity work, they weren't out there actually getting shit slammed on a Thursday, Thursday, and therefore they were not hungover and they were able to outlast the Pistons tonight. Yeah, and uh, I think Booker was talking about Wednesday night he gets drunk or something, and then during uh, Thanksgiving, that's when he's actually hungover. So he should have been fine tonight, but he did look a little bit hungover still tonight. <laughs> yeah, he did, a especially weird, from the free throw game. line. He, yeah. yeah, just a well, weird game by him, man. The whole, the whole team was kind of weird, especially in that first half. So plenty mm-hmm. to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're joining us live directly after the game, of course, thank you. And hit thumbs up if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to the pod at another time, hey, enjoy your weekend. Hope you're having a fun time out there. Enjoy that 70 degrees in Phoenix. It's currently like 35 degrees in Amarillo and it's raining outside and I hope it stops raining because I have to put a bunch of shit in the back of my truck uh, and I don't want to have to go out there at like six in the morning, put a tarp over that shit, Matthew. (laughs) Yeah, good luck, man. I'll be sleeping in. (laughs) Yeah, fuck off. You can can fuck right off. It's funny because driving around here in Texas, there's one thing that I noticed, you know, Texas observations by John. It's this is Chevy and GMC country. Like everyone out here, either has a Chevy truck or a, or a GMC truck. You see a couple Fords. I've seen a couple Dodge Rams. I I or they're not even Dodge Rams. They're Rams now. But like I drive a Ram, and so I notice this kind of thing. And it's funny because not only do they drive like the GMC, you know, fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred, but everybody drives like the Texas edition. You know what I mean? Or the Longhorn edition, like. You know, they live in Texas. It's like living in Arizona and buying like that Hyundai Tucson because you love Arizona. And like, I just I don't know if I could ever do it. Yeah. You know, Texas is uh, should be its own country. It's a place where they're very Texas 
and that's all they care about. And uh, you don't really see a whole lot of Mazdas out here. <laughs> Man, <laughs> not, not a I think I think I saw my car once, uh, but other than that, that's the only time I've seen it. <laughs> Fabio in the chat says no horses. I'll tell you what, I didn't see a ton of horses. I've seen a shit ton of cows, man. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's horses right in front of me. Uh, a lot of people own horses where I'm at, so you see them around. Nice, beautiful, uh, big behind horses <laughs> big big ass horses well when we drove to to bovina texas today and on the way there you run into hereford texas it's like the cattle the cattle uh, uh capital of the world or something so i mean there's just like and it smells like just beef and feed and shit you don't like that smell <laughs> it's okay it reminds me of like winter grass like when i plant my winter grass at home yeah. like, like cow manure and i like I'm like the seasons there are changing so i liked it yeah, it's not bad, dude. I'm actually used to it by now. So yeah, well, <laughs> who's okay? Who's Pat Betch? It's Pat Beverly. I just put Pat Betch, like you're a bitch, stupid ass batch. Yeah, what a batch. Patrick Betch. Yeah. So the, for those of you listening, obviously we have our names up on the on the live feed, and Matthew still has his as Pat Betch after Pat Bev, uh, and the last game against the Lakers. So we've been talking way too long about Texas. So let me drink a Lone Star. Beer again, the national beer of Texas. Uh, pop them if you got them, Matthew. I need you to pop something because you look tired. But let's uh, let's pop and talk about the 12th win for your Phoenix Suns. was a 108 to 102 victory for your Phoenix Suns despite shooting really bad in the first half from beyond the arc they ended up shooting seven of 29 but I think they were three for 17 something like that from beyond the arc in the first half but that brings me to my first question Matthew I got to ask Matthew I gotta ask how was your Thanksgiving man Oh, it was good. Um, I feel like, well, since we've been here in Texas, we've been eating nonstop. <laughs> yes. uh, like it just, it's, it's insane. It's like insanely good food. Uh, it's been nonstop, so I haven't been hungry at all. But Thanksgiving actually itself, it was good, man. It was <clears throat> delicious food and it went by super quick, man. How did you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, it's ever since we showed up here, there's two words that I have not said, and that's I'm hungry. Because we keep going over to your aunt's house and they just keep feeding us food and food. They've got meals planned out. We're having deer tacos with that had coconut and raisin options. We had barbecue tonight. We obviously had Thanksgiving yesterday. Uh, but the one thing that I noticed on Thanksgiving was the fact that, you know, your family's real cordial. They're real nice like Matthew. And they just they, they don't get into fights. So I figured that if I'm not going to get in fight with family, because, like, you know, you get around my family. They, they, they drink a lot. They argue. Uh, they're loud. They know everything. You know nothing. And and that's what I'm used to. So being around the Lissy family, the Denny family, being around them and having them really be nice and cordial was kind of tough for me. So what I chose to do on Thanksgiving was to spend the majority of it on Twitter just arguing with other podcasts about one subject, one subject alone. Watch. So. 
I, I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that, whoa, look at that graphic. Suns 1008, Pistons 102. Let me. <laughs> it should have been that. It, right? it, it should have been 1,100. <laughs> you know, but I, I guess like we've become the eight and hater podcast, but I like to. I like to think that we're realists, you know, taking into account all the factors, most importantly, his effort relative to his contract. So for those of you who follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, uh, you, you, I was going back and forth with uh, Dervish of Whirl from the Fan of the Flames podcast with the Aussie Suns fans podcast. So, you know, guys that I love going back and forth with. And obviously, Aiton is one of those subjects that everybody kind of has their opinion on. And we've stated numerous times on this podcast uh, the fact that, you know, we're just kind of uh, – I, again, I like to think that I'm kind of a realist when it comes to DA. There, there's challenges that he has when it comes to uh, touches, right? And that's something that Gavin from the Aussie Suns fans podcast brought up, you know, is really the fact that, you know, he's he's somebody who, if you look at his total touches, he's like 25th in the league when it comes to centers. And, and I think the thing that both you and I agree on, and, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, I, I feel like a lot of it is is effort. It's the lack or or lack thereof when it comes to D.A. And you see it when he's on the weak side and he's not fighting through screens or he's not trying to get rebounds and offensive rebounds. I mean, you can create your own touches if you get offensive rebounds, things of that nature. And I get it. That's a guard centric offense. I get it. This is a team that's successful with their offense and has been. And I respect the fact that he plays within the confines of this offense. I love all these things about D.A. But what we would like to see are things like what we saw tonight from DeAndre Ayton, a very engaged D.A., he went and he put forth his season high as scoring 28 points. He grabbed 12 rebounds, 11 of 13 from the field. He was engaged the entire time. So it was kind of fun going back and forth with, you know, uh, uh, Gavin and Boyd from the uh, Aussie Suns fans and, and you know, Dervish of World Paul from the Fanning the Flames podcast. If, you know, if, if you guys get a chance, give him a listen because you want to you want to hear all sides of the point of, of the point of view. You want to have a holistic understanding of the argument. And I guess that, you know, I fall on that side. It's like I respect and, and I appreciate D.A., but I always want more from him. And I think that he that he can perform better. And you saw that tonight. So, of course, I go and I talk some shit and he goes forth and, and dominates. And I'm glad that he did, Matthew. Yeah, he um he put himself in position tonight. That was like just the only thing, really. He he made it easy on campaign. What did the campaign have, like 10 assists by the fourth quarter? Like yeah. something crazy like that, like. DA really did a good job on the pick and roll, making himself available. Um, that's one thing that's always like kind of hard for him. I feel like that we kind of get on him for is like, mm-hmm. hey, make yourself available, because his game really has to start at some point towards the rim. But it's not like he can't he can't be out too far. So he always has to be very very close to really get his shots off. Otherwise, he can shoot the jump shot, of course. But if he's covered, he doesn't really have any moves to get to the rim. So tonight, like he made himself available where he was rolling the right way. He was falling behind just the right amount of right amount of spacing, um, so it made it easy for Cameron Payne to find him. There were times towards the end of the game where he still didn't find himself available, but I feel like he didn't put it in the effort. Um, but the majority of the time, though, he did, and that's all he really needs to do, especially against a Pistons team like this, where they're just so small and they're such a terrible team. They have so many injuries right now. It should be easy, and the game he had tonight was expected, and it happened. Usually, we go into these games, we expect it. It doesn't happen. So good on DA for that. I still want to see it though, where it's it's day it's game after game, game after game, game after game. Like I love this effort, the what he puts forward. Um, but this just has to be this this just has to happen all the time. Um, that's one thing that kind of frustrates us or frustrates me. 
is like, you know what, he is he can get the ball over the perimeter or something, but he doesn't have any moves. He doesn't have a way to get to the rim. So those are things that that he might work on the offseason, but he hasn't really changed at all offensively that I've seen so far. So he just needs to be make it easy on the point guards to find him. And that's what he did tonight. And if he can do that, then his offense will be easy because he's so automatic. His efficiency is through the roof. Um, so it doesn't have to be too complicated. And sometimes I feel like he kind of makes it more complicated than it has to be. I still don't believe the side where they don't give him the ball, like they don't know how to give him the ball. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's Al- Albert H. I've never seen this. Says I've never seen also this the lack of guards looking to feed him, to your point. Yeah. Um, well, what does that even mean? What do you mean? It's also the lack of guards looking to feed him? Like Cameron Payne or? Yeah, like, you know, one of the reasons he doesn't score a ton of points is because the guards aren't feeding him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they kind of want to, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to feed a guy like DA? Like, I don't understand. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cameron Payne, is, it was never really his game to do that, but he's kind of involved that way. I mean, if you have Washington Jr. out there, he's not going to do it. You already saw him tonight trying to make some plays, and it did not look good. So I think the thing is with DA, just make it easy on the point guards, man. You can be available. Just do it. And there's you did tonight man but i just want to see it i don't i don't want it to be a thing where it's like we talk shit or we talk stuff and he comes back and has a huge game and we have no. to be like oh see there it is no i want to see it for a month or two just straight consistency well that's my thing and i agree with you there you know because again like my, my my one thing you know that i said is you know he doesn't care to to uh make himself available and that's what it looks like sometimes and you did see it around the back end of the game where he didn't get back on defense one play and you know he did it a couple times but for the most part in this game he was aggressive and i understand that numerous players don't do it and, and we have a microscope on da because he's our number one pick because he's our max center because we have high expectations for him and you know, my one thing coming into this game and the argument that I ma- I've made is we haven't had a bunch of DA games. Guess what we got tonight? We got a DA game, you know, 28 and 12. Like, let's go. Like, that's what we need to see more of. And when I see it more consistently, that's when I'll call it like I see it. I'm just calling it like I see it. It's like I'm actively out there trying to, you know, pick apart DA. I don't, you know, I, I want him to be successful because it makes this team successful. And he's been successful despite the fact that this team hasn't been, you know, quote unquote, feeding him. He hasn't been making himself available to those players because you saw it tonight. Cameron Payne took a couple gambles. You know, there was one play where he did not have good positioning. He was underneath the rim on the opposite side, and Cameron Payne threw it over the defender because the defender was small enough. Too often, he's doing that. There was one play where he, you know, he he's on the weak side. That he'd see he sets a pick and roll. He rolls. Mikael doesn't give him the ball. He's on the weak side. And then he just stands there. Mikel's like looking, trying to get on the ball. And then Mikel turns it over and DA starts clapping his hands at him. So like, I like to see that he was engaged in that moment. And that's what's that. That's what's fun to watch is when you see a, a DA uh, that's engaged, you know, he, he was hitting his jumpers, looked fantastic. He had two monster jams. Like those were everyone who's like a DA fan got wet in that moment. There's like, Oh, DA. And then, you know, the, the one thing I think about Matthew, and we talked about this a little bit on the last pod, but do you think that DA heard Chuck and his analysis last game and just like Joel Embiid a couple Joel Embiid a couple years ago took it personal? Um I think the thing the difference between Joel and um is and Aiden is basically Aiden he's he's a guy that doesn't listen to that stuff. He blocks it out a lot. He even talks about like even like Andrew Lises, who's on um Twitter. Yep. He even talked about like how that guy's a troll. You know like he finds those guys that attack him like he just blocks them out. He blocks all that out. I don't think he pays attention. But like to Charles it. Barkley? No, because I don't. I don't. I think things are always said about him, and he never even references it. Uh, of course, being TNT and it was most recent. Even Reggie was kind of going after him. 
I don't think it mattered. I don't think he looks at that stuff. I don't think it bothers See, him like but, Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid was always on Twitter, man. He was true. always trying to Good point. troll Good people. Point. That was the way he was. Aiden just is a peaceful dude just looking to go play basketball and go home to his family. <laughs> but, I, but maybe, you know, again, it's not necessarily him seeking that information out. When Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal are making comments about your game, which we don't see them do a bunch of. We really don't. You know, whenever they're playing the Suns, they're typically talking about the opposing team. It's the Warriors, so they just cream all over Steph and Clay. So I feel like if in this game his performance was the primary topic of conversation, I feel like that's something that people are going to say and his teammates are going to hear of and they're going to bring up to him. They're, he's not going to actively seek out the information, but information like that from people who you grew up watching, who you grew up idolizing, who you respect in theory, I feel like they're going to go and you know, Devin Booker's like, hey, man, they were kind of talking some shit, man. You know, go get it. And because he came out engaged in this game, he came out with a fire lit under him. You know, you look at DeAndre Ayton's performance uh, in the first quarter of this game, and he's really the one who kind of set the tone early. I mean, he had 10 points on five of six shooting, also had five of his rebounds in that quarter, and the Suns had 23 points. I mean, that was a DA quarter right off the bat, and that's what, you know, one was so exciting, and two was great because right off the bat after my back and forth with all the different podcasts, DA comes out and puts up a 10 and five in the first quarter. I'm just like, good, good. Yeah, um, and also, it can be a conspiracy thing, too, where maybe they're trying to put this out there. Because I don't know how much the media is really controlled by whoever. Maybe there's coaches or something. Be like, hey, can you guys, like... Because all of a sudden, like, everyone's on DA's ass, right? M- Monty Williams is like, listen, before the before the game, he's, like, calling up Chuck. And he's like, hey, man, listen. Yeah. Can you just ride DA's ass? Because it's, it ain't working in practice. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I feel like there's so many people. Like, you hear it all the time now. And so maybe it's been planted a little bit. Um, that could be a thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, um, but yeah, let's let's continue to see it. I think that um, the biggest thing for me is if he can hold his like. I like how he kind of holds a, uh, his teammates accountable in a way mm-hmm. on the court. Uh, make it look real. I know Monty was talking about two weeks ago where he was like um, he didn't feel like the the refs were really giving him any calls and like they were yeah. just missing a lot on Da. He mentioned Da himself, so maybe that was the thing too to plant something like, Hey, give DA calls, even though he still won't. But like, maybe that's just like the show. Like, Hey DA, we still support you here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that might be a thing. <laughs> Deep conspiracy theories by the sun's jam session podcast. Uh, speaking of DA, obviously, you know, the news that came out yesterday uh, that we all got, a, you know, a nice little Thanksgiving uh, gift, if you will, Patrick Beverly suspended for three games. Thoughts, Matthew um well i wish he was out of the nba um but it's kind of funny like um i just i wish i knew like the whole story of what the fuck happened because it was such a weird situation and like for pat bev to do that and then like of course book did say something about like hey we should just push each other in the chest and see what happens stuff Mm -hmm. like that that was cool but i think um just being suspended three games for a guy that continues to do this, it's kind of fucking crazy to me. I think so too. It, it just, that's you my would think, I was thinking like maybe 10 games or something. Yes, exactly you know what, I mean? what I was thinking. Because again, you know, and, and they said in the statement that released by the league that the reason it's three game is be, three games is because he's a repeat offender. If he's a repeat offender, like, like you said, Matthew, like make it hurt. Take 10 games away from this guy. I forget who tweeted that, but somebody said, like, how dare the NBA 
if they really wanted to punish Pat Bev and the Lakers, they would have let him continue to play because he sucks. Uh, but you know, that's, I, I'm with that. I'm with that line of thinking, you know, when you're playing dangerously like that and you're doing those kind of things maliciously and you're continuing to do it to the same team. I mean, he did to Chris Paul, he did to Deandre Ayton now. And then I love how everyone's like, you know, trying to talk shit about Devin Booker. So they're like screenshotting a perfect moment where like DA is like pushing Dennis Schroeder in the side. And they're like, Oh, same thing. It's like, no, it's shut up. Just shut up people. Shut the fuck up. It's not the same thing. You're not waiting till it plays over and then coming up and blindsiding them. Like Pat Bev has done twice. Like there needs to be a heavier suspension to that, but you know what? Pat Bev, I just, oh, guy drives me crazy. Anyways, let's let's change it up. Let's stop talking about DA. We always talk about him. Let's stop talking about Pat Bev. We never should talk about him. Let's talk about, hmm, who should we go with? The Warden. Shout out to the Warden tonight. He really carried the team in the third quarter. He ended with a total of 15 points on 6 of 17 shooting, including 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. Couple rebounds, couple steals, couple assists. Uh, but it was that third quarter where he went 5 for 6 from the field where he had 13 points, which really helped the Phoenix Suns, uh, considering it was just kind of a choppy first half from the team. So tell me what you were thinking kind of during the first half, not only watching his 0 for 9 performance in the first half and the choppiness that the team played with, uh, coupled with how he performed in that third quarter to kind of set the tone for Phoenix. Well, he never usually goes like half to half to be like to be miserable the whole game. I feel like if he starts out bad, he can kind of make up in other ways. The difference is like a lot of people are like, well, how come McHill doesn't give shit, get shit for his games he has? It's because I feel like he just he gives a shit all the time and he tries really hard. And if his shots aren't going in, it's just like being mad at Devin Booker. If he's not making his shots, you know, good looks, they're not going in. It's kind of the same thing. I just think he tries hard constantly. In a game like tonight, he hits huge threes in the third, man, to carry that team, like you said, because this Detroit team would not go away, and they never really did. But, I mean, if he doesn't hit those threes and they don't get a little bit hot from three, it's a, it might have been a loss. So he's always that guy, right, that can kind of hit those corner threes. Mm-hmm. And he the second one, too, that went in because he had two in a row, he, like, stepped into it. There was, like, a guy on him. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like he's actually really feeling it. And to start out 0 for 9, was it 0 for 9 or 0 for 8? It was oh, 0 for 9. I think it was 0 for 9, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to start out that way and have the balls to come out and do that, <laughs> that's that's the difference. I feel like he just he keeps the play. He plays his game. And whether or not he gets his points, it's, it's up to really just his release just the way if he's feeling it or not, but he always has that effort there, right? He just always looks the same every game. There might be an off game here or there, but he's so consistent on the floor with his effort. So it doesn't upset me as much if he is off more than, you know, if DA is, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's a continual debate. And and again, one of those things that the DA truthers constantly bring up is like, well, why don't you ride bridges as hard as you ride DA? Because he has a lot of offensive bolos, you know, where he doesn't show up at all. Uh, and he plays defense, you know, but so does D.A. Like D.A., you know, credit to D.A. again tonight, his defense on Bagley. Like a lot of people are tweeting out. It's like just tell D.A. that he's playing Bagley every night and he'll go out there and he'll play, you know, in a dominant fashion. Uh, Mikhail gets kind of uh, leeway, if you will, I think for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you know, the draft pick, you know, he didn't get drafted first overall. Uh, but the other side of it is I really think that he's he has that likability about him because he's not out there saying like, dude, I'm going to dominate everybody. I've been just in the lab working. He's just he, he's a goofball. You know, he's like your your cousin who's just kind of f- the, the funny cousin, if you will, who's always just like, you know, you're oh, I can't wait to go to you know Aunt Sia's house because I'm going to see, you know, my cousin so and so and they're going to be funny, you know, so it's just like it's just this different mentality. Is that good or bad or I don't know. 
you know, but I do know that in this game, like you said, the balls, the balls that Mikhail Bridges had in this game to start 0 for 9 and then come out and then just go, you know what? It's my world. I'm going to continue to just chuck up these threes because uh, that's what he was doing in that third quarter, man. He was just chucking the, the three ball up. He ended up going in that quarter three for four uh, and was five for seven overall. I'm sorry. I said, I think I said five for six earlier, uh, but five for seven for 13 points. I mean, just absolutely massive to have, you know, massive cojones, massive cojones for big ball bridges. Yeah, it's funny on this podcast, we always have the hardest time trying to find things to talk about with Mikhail. I feel like I do. It's always because, like, seriously, like, it's that's why it's always the same thing every game. Like, it's just whether or not he made his shots. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Sometimes defense, he might give up some plays here or there to better offensive players. But we just, we struggle for things with him because he just goes out there and plays his game all the time. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but if we're looking for material, it is hard to come from Mikhail, honestly. Yeah. Well, the, the best content you get from Mikhail are like his reactions to plays and his dance. I don't know if you saw uh, before the game, but both him, DA, and Campaign were dancing with the fan. You know, they're playing a song and they were just like dance. It was so cool. You know, like that's, that the, kind cool. of con- that's the kind of content you get from Mikhail Bridges. It's just like the fun, the fun-loving content. You know, and again, with DA, I just feel like, you know, we, he was there. Yeah, he was, and he was having a good time, and we, <laughs> he was nailing it too. So it's like, you know, we always have to remember these things. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about book, man. Big Dick Booker. It was more like, you know, like normal sized Dick Booker tonight. 21 points, 8 of 17 shooting. He was 2 of 7 from deep. He's really seen over the past couple games his three-point percentage falter. Uh, 3 of 7 from the free throw line being kind of the the what-the-fuck moment. Uh, but with seven rebounds, five assists in this game, had a steal and a block as well. Uh, you know, what did you see from Devin Booker tonight? Uh, sorry, if I'm whispering, I'm like in the room and it's really quiet. I don't want to wake anybody up. So if <laughs> it sounds terrible. Is that what people say? Oh, so I think Void commented and said it sounded like I'm getting my teeth pulled or something. Oh, yeah. He said that on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen, he sounds like he's getting his teeth pulled whilst he's giving his half hearted props. (laughs) But Void is on point eating crow like a legend. (laughs) I I love who who wants turkey. I want crow. Um, (laughs) Lissy's getting his teeth pulled. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, Booker has a post breakup thing, so I, I, I kind of yeah. way he he kind of does. There's just like a weird kind of like feeling I'm getting from him on on the court, the way he looks and stuff. He just doesn't seem the same. He was up there though, like in the fourth quarter, really cheering on his team and stuff. So maybe it's not bothering him as much. But um, I don't know how much. I mean, I give him a few games here or there, um, just because the post game uh breakup but our post breakup thing post breakup post game it was a post game break if it didn't happen probably after the game um so i give him a little bit of a leeway there i i think that he can uh hopefully find himself soon getting back on the other side of 30 because i don't want the average to drop at all i want to go sky high man so he needs to get back on track dude he's falling off a little bit yeah the post kendall uh book is he's going through it right now man i think we have to pray for him so uh, I don't have much to say. You know, I think you, I think you, you said it best, Matthew. You said it best. Uh, we don't have a Josh Kogi drop yet, and I'm sorry, Jamsters. We just I haven't had the time to do it. But I wanted to give a shout out to Josh Kogi, especially you know in that second quarter. Now, overall for the game, he had seven points. He was two of four from the field, uh, and all those seven points came in that second quarter. Again, a quarter in which the Suns were outscored thirty-two to thirty by 
the Detroit Pistons. You know, Devin Booker had nine in that quarter, and Josh Kogi was the second highest scorer with seven. Now, granted, he was zero for two from beyond the arc, and he should never sh- he should never shoot a three pointer ever. But that being said, uh, Josh Kogi continues to exert himself defensively. I think that the the unit that they run out there with him uh, also being out there with like Damian Lee and Dwayne Washington Jr. A uh, little bit of Biombo. You know, I think that that really is a good defensive unit that kind of can shut down the opposition and in turn is turning into some good offensive looks for this team. Yeah, he in a game like this, you kind of want to see him succeed because it is a lesser opponent. But <clears throat> I like how he's trying to get to the rim and stuff. It's pretty it's pretty unique so far in this this far into the season because you don't ever see him try. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really do too much offensively. Um, he did a lot defensively though. There was that one though that was like the the half court pass that he almost picked off and ran the other way, but it kind of yeah. dropped it. That was kind of strange, but you can tell he has a good feel defensively. Um, it's something we're kind of still waiting for though. I mean, he's had his games. I feel like kind of the last four or five, he's kind of been there. Uh, defensively, is really great. Offensively, you're seeing more. So I, I continue to hope that he can be like that guy. I think it was. Um, EJ said that he can be like the um, Gary Payton the second, mm. um, kind of like that kind of guy for us, like he was to the Warriors last year. So if he can become that guy, that would be huge. Um, I don't know because Gary Payton the second, like that guy was freaking. He he he's a game changer, and if Kogi can be a game changer coming off the bench, it's going to be huge for the Suns going forward. Absolutely, I mean it's just like Damian Lee. Damian Lee has been a game changer, I think, thus far in the season for this team. If you couple that with Josh Kogi, I mean, you're really going to get uh, some a, a quality deep team. That again, come playoff time, I don't know if they'll necessarily need those guys. Damian Lee, well, I think will have a spot in the rotation. Kogi probably won't. But to get you through a regular season, you need those guys. If you want to get a good seed, you know, a top four seed in the Western Conference, you need the Akogis of the world to play the way that he has. Now, that being said, offensively, he's never going to be that guy. And if we want him to be that guy, just accept the fact that he's not. You know, for his career, he's a 40% shooter. For his career, he's a 27.1% shooter from beyond the arc. That's just not his game. He's not that guy who, uh, who can score in any in any stretch of our imagination every time he shoots the ball you're like oh left oh left short i mean you could call it once it's out of his hand so again props to him though for again you know it was different segments of this it was da in the first quarter right it was uh, a kogi in the second quarter with booker it was mikhail in the third quarter and then it was kind of a team effort if you will in that fourth quarter where you know again the phoenix suns entered um just looking to try to close out a pesky, a very pesky Pistons team that down a bunch of players, uh, no Cade Cunningham, no Jaden Ivey. Are you disappointed that you didn't really get to see kind of their whole smorgasbord of players? Yeah, I mean, I am with any team um, for sure, but especially a young team where you kind of want to see Cade. Um, I like seeing the young players kind of develop, you know, season to season, and we only play these guys twice. And I'm yeah. not going to ever watch a Detroit Pistons no. game. So it's like, I want to see them play the Suns. <laughs> I want to see those guys in the court. Um, tonight, though, I mean, he had, uh, God, what's his name? The point guard. <laughs> the, the guy, Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Yeah, you had him tonight. It's like, damn, dude. Like, there's nothing there. I just don't see it. I see well, nothing Kill- there, man. Killian Hayes ended with 17 points uh, but and nine assists. So he had a decent game. He had six points in that fourth quarter. But to your point, like, I mean, see those, it though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I for for those who have been fans of this podcast for a while, we were really, really high 
on Killian Hayes during the Jalen Smith draft. And we thought that that kind of, you know, it was him and it was like Halliburton. Those are the two guys we were really hoping the Suns would take a shot at if they were going to go with a guard. And if they were going to go with a wing, we wanted Devin Vassell. And Killian Hayes obviously went really high. The Pistons took him. Hasn't really been that guy. And you know what? He continues to not really be that guy. Uh, 17 and 9, though. I think I feel like he had a lot of opportunity tonight because there was no Cade and because there's no Jaden Ivy. Like they've already kind of moved on from Killian Hayes. Yeah, and Mario Lopez says he was aggressive tonight. Something he hasn't been. He's always been missing, and that's Fact. true. He was very passive in the past. Um, I just I think it seems like forever ago when he was drafted, and I I I hope he can kind of break out of that because there is potential there. There there is. I just I want to see it where. Uh, he's kind of a game changer, like we kind of thought he might be, but I don't see it yet. <laughs> uh, you could say that for the entire Detroit lineup, really. True. Uh, <laughs> um, Brunus92 in the chat says, Remind you, reminds me of our old French point guard. Matthew, do you remember our, our old French point guard's name? Yeah, uh, Josh Akogi, right? Ellie Akogi. Ellie Akogi. Ellie Akogi. Is it Akogi? Ellie Akogi. Ellie Akobo. A uh, Marvin Bagley is the same thing. He's one of those guys who it's like you hope for the best for this guy. He was six for 12 in this game, including one for one from beyond the arc, which Eddie noted was like he's 14% on the year. That just goes to show you that the team that was, um, what were the, they're like one of the worst teams in the NBA when it comes to three point shooting. If you look at their first half, they shot 50% from beyond the arc. Uh, but he also had thir- he had 13 points and 12 rebounds in this game. A steal, a block, a solid game, seven offensive boards for Marvin Bagley tonight. So again, it's just another player, much akin to Killian Hayes. It's like, you hope for the best. You hope they do well. Like, I want Bagley to do well. Yeah, especially with Detroit, too. Uh, I'm glad like he's kind of gone from San Francisco and they got rid of the stench, and now they're doing good. Um, the thing is, like with when you're watching Bagley, you kind of see the effort on his side. You're like, damn, dude, like that's worse than what we see from Aiton most of the time. I know he had the seven rebounds or whatever, but like <laughs> a lot of it is just kind of standing there too. So if he can find himself and stay healthy, dude, he can still be a decent player. It's just mentally, man, to overcome what he, what happened to him. That's going to be the toughest. Yeah. Part. Cause yeah, he's kind of falling off. And everyone thinks he's a joke. You know what I mean? I don't, but it's just like, that's the way everyone thinks of him. So hopefully he can overcome that, man. I really want to well, see him kind of so become a good you, role player. Okay. We, we, What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I'm done. No, I'm I done. Got, I got extra cheeks, dude, from Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gravy. The gravy is always the best part. Um, You look at the Pistons, and they're a team that, obviously, they're I think they're last in the Eastern Conference, if not their second to last, but I'm pretty sure they're last. They're a team that's constantly rebuilding. They have a lot of young assets. They got some quality players, you know. Uh, but I think one of their challenges, and one reason they're never going to get where they want to go, when you have Kevin Knox, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks as your bench, and they're pretty much just all Knicks scraps, you're pretty much fucked, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw it. I mean, but Burks actually had a decent like what first quarter or so. Like, oh, yeah, I think he ended with what seventeen is what he ended yeah, with. Yeah, I think seventeen had, like, for him. He had like a ten quick points. Um, but yeah, when those names are out there. <laughs> 
that's the sucky part is when you let those guys hang around you're like damn dude like what are we doing and then not even know no noel was still in the league like that's that's a bad I mean, part i didn't know that kevin knox and all of his forehead was in detroit i thought he was still oh, in atlanta dude. or something you could show a movie on that thing. oh man his forehead's still probably back in new york though dude <laughs> it's sorry that's rest, not very nice he's a good looking dude okay yeah you don't have to lie i mean you know you just don't have to talk shit um let's see who else did i want to talk about before we carry carry on oh real quick just a real quick one they, they slipped this one in there i wanted to get your thoughts on mr tory craig craig i wouldn't feel comfortable lending you 200 dollars without a job he's a vegan now <sighs> vegan and now he's playing well like holy shit. dude that pissed me off when i saw that why because I think Biombo is too. Because Biombo was saying, because uh, they were asking like the Thanksgiving thing, like, what do you like to eat for Thanksgiving? And he said, turkey, when I used to be able to eat turkey. So I'm like, oh my God, like maybe it's oh, a religious dude. thing. Maybe it's a different religion, but maybe it's being vegan. Like, seriously, like if we lose the playoffs due to just, you know, lack of, you know, having the nutrition of the, the battle against these beasts, like it's going to be, be because they're not eating meat. Like, if you guys want to go down the path, go ahead. But if everyone's going to turn vegan and we don't have the strength to get through one series, I'm done with this team until they start eating some fucking meat. <laughs> I mean, but he's been effective, though. Like, that's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, for now. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm, I am wrong. Like, I don't, like, I know anything about that shit. <laughs> no, neither of us are vegan. And I feel like shit every day. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So what we like to do from time to time is we like to hang out on the opposition's subreddit during the game. Just hear what they're saying. Matthew, what were they saying? Yeah, so <laughs> I was over there. <laughs> and there's just there's crickets, dude. No one was on there. <clears throat> there's not even a page. So You're a liar. And I didn't do it. All I had was my phone to watch the game on. There's no way I could do the subreddit. That's all I had. Well, I've pulled it up in another window, so I can I can, I have some highlights okay. that I can bring up for the jamsters because I know that you know the jamsters. You know, like Alberto Sauce in the set in the in the chat. He says, "Love this segment." You know, it's like yeah, we can't we can't disappoint the jamsters by not having a subreddit stakeout. So here's one. It says, "Holy fuck! Both of the Phoenix announcers are such pieces of shit." Replay after replay, no contact. Nobody touched him. I agree with the referees. Replay after replay showing Craig stepping on Bogey's ankles. No contact, yes. no contact. Fuck them corny assholes. <laughs> corny ass assholes. That wow. was annoying, though. That, that was, was annoying. annoying. They were way they, wrong. Like, dude, he's stepping. His foot went like, sideways. Clearly. Yeah. What are you no contact. <laughs> yeah, that was. So, that so was for those mistake. of you who didn't watch the game, the very end of the game, there was a play in which Bojan, Bogon, which, whichever, one of the Bogdanoviches, uh, who's no longer a trade target for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm just, Shams is just telling me that in my other ear after he twisted the shit out of his knee. But Tory Craig came down on his ankle, uh, twisted his knee. You know, everyone came out and they, they were livid at it. And then, yeah, Eddie and K Ray are just like, <laughs> they're just like, no contact. What uh, looks like a non-contact? No. Like you don't see him. Like he like he like stomped on his ankle and he was trying to move and it twisted it. Yeah, I could have believed. Way it. off. I was like squinting on my phone. I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure that's like a foot on top of his. Foot. I'm pretty sure that's Tory Craig that stepped on him. It was. <laughs> it was. And he's not a light man. 
No. So again, you know, they were going off on the subreddit on on the Detroit Pistons subreddit. Suns announcers can get fucked. Man, who are these cunts? Wow, they are really Suns commentary is horrible. Why is everybody who's a Pistons fan watching the Suns feed? That's my question. Or maybe oh, yeah. maybe it's because we go on their subreddit. Maybe. And then why is everyone using the C word so much, dude? Uh, wasn't that like a banned thing? Like it I feel was. Like- like we've used it, like the Aussie podcast uses it, and like everyone just says it. Well, I know, like when we're talking about the Aussies, it's kind of, it you know they, it's part of the lexicon down in Australia. Like, yeah, you can't, and it's something that's like if you if you yell it at a woman, I mean, it's 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 you're 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 gonna hit a nerve, right? It's like when I took that spinal injection, they hit that nerve, and I was just like, oh motherfucker, it, it's the same thing. Like you just don't do that, but for some <laughs> reason, it's like. Like I like the word twat way more than I do cunt, but whatever. This just <laughs> cut, cut the segment out. Um, we'll do. Oh, this is live. Uh, here's another comment from them, and we haven't talked about Bogdog. We haven't talked about Bogdanovich yet on the podcast. Who, by the way, uh, ended up having kind of a, a really bad shooting night. He was nine for twenty-one, nineteen points, three assists, four rebounds. But somebody noted that. Uh, bogey either shoots or turns the ball over if he touches it with under five minutes left in the fourth every fucking game ouch yeah when he went down like oh this is like their best player though dude yeah (laughs) he's the only one really left and he's always a sun's killer though man every time we play against this dude he's always hitting big yes massive so i was still i was still scared of him because it always happens against the sun's man and crazy Luigi, thank you in the chat. You said Bo, it's Boyan, Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogdan, what were you Bogdan. saying, Bodog? Well, you have Bogdan. Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich that plays for the Atlanta uh, Falcons or the uh, the Buffalo Bills, one of the two. Um, here's another one, and, I, and tell me if there was any merit to this because you were you hanging out on Sun's Twitter at all, or you you were streaming on your phone? No, right? I just have my phone sideways laying <laughs> next to me, dude. Adorable. Uh, well, I was on Sun's Twitter pretty much the entire night, and somebody said in the Detroit Pistons subreddit. Suns fans erupting at the sight of probably slipping out a win versus a five and fifteen <sighs> team down four starters. I don't know if anybody was erupting. We're like, yeah, man, we fucking we win the championship, Aww. man. We beat the Pistons, man. Or it's like, okay, good, good. I, I hate that because like even like the Lakers fans will beat the Lakers. Like, oh, good, good job being a G League team. It's like, dude, we oh, still I just know. won. Who cares? It's like, we can't oh, talk about being I, a team. Oh, should, should I be upset because my team or oh, my team won? Uh, I guess I should be mad. Like fuck, yeah. you, you guys can fuck right off. So we were mad. We were mad at Aiton, but that's about it. <laughs> Just joking, dude. I'm joking. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. There you go, Jamsters. There you go. Whoa, Matthew was really close on that one. We got some uh, nose hairs on that one. Good God in heaven. <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's change the subject real quick. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, here's your opportunity to go ahead and one, like, two, follow, three, subscribe, four, become an elite jam- elite Jamster, and five, in the chat, let us know who your Jam star of the game was. Uh, Matthew, this one's easy. It's DA, man. He came out aggressive in the first quarter. Monty, for some reason, sat him for six fucking minutes in the second, maybe seven, really drove me crazy. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, the team was sputtering and struggling. I mean, when Josh Akogi is carrying your team in the second, it's like, put fucking DA back in there. Played solid in the third and then led the team in scoring in the fourth. So, DA, uh, uh, season up, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 
easy one for me. Yeah, I want to go DA, dude. <clears throat> DA, just like, yeah, there you go. Harry Pat Fiennes. <laughs> by, by Harry Pat Fiennes, he thinks DA. Albert H says DA. Uh, Sony says no haboob tonight. Yeah, I didn't play his drop. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, Crazy Luigi, either DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne, get it for me. Dickie Donkey, Ayton. DA uh, for Scott Lacey. We also have DA from Sonia. DA from Fabio. DA from Mario Lopez. The District Attorney. DA from John Doe. Uh, a Kogi from from the Coda Kid, one of our elite jamsters. Um, yeah, I mean it's got to be DA. It's got to be DA. Legendy DA for show. The DA. District Attorney, I love that. The District Attorney. Let's use that. <laughs> How threatening is that? Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let so says Jay know that one. It's like DA, the District Attorney. Deal with it. Sustained. Um, yeah, I mean, great job by DeAndre Ayton, obviously, for, for showing up, showing out, being the guy that we needed him to be. Uh, of course, it comes on the eve or the, the day after where I was just I had time. We were sitting around, you know, watching uh, some Cowboys games uh, or game like multiple games, watching the Cowboys play. And I was just like, you know what? I got nothing to talk about. And fucking let, 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 let's start a war. Let's start a war with other podcasts. I've been watching Lord of the Rings uh-huh. for some reason. Like I watched all three of them in the last week. So I was just like, I needed the the Kings of Gondor. To go against, you know, the the Rohan. Let's fight about DeAndre and the district attorney. Um, Mateo Bentecourt in the chat. Will DA, DA continue to play this way? Well, you know, if, nope. uh, if you follow the trend. Nope. I saw <laughs> that movie. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, next up for the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, they play tomorrow night. They play against the Utah Jazz, a team that's in which they lost just by one point last week, um, no Mike Connolly in this game. He is expected to be out. He's a knee strain, so he had a good game against the Phoenix Suns last game. Uh, again, this is a team that shoots the fourth most three pointers in the league. They make the fourth most three pointers at and have a at a thirty seven point four percent clip. So a, a team that's definitely going to hit you there. A team that also um, allows you to shoot the three ball. They give up the fifth most. Uh, or I'm sorry, the third most three-point attempts in the league. So, you know, looking at tomorrow night's game, Matthew, you're expecting a shootout. Yeah, I think so. Again, I, th- I feel like we can expect some of the same as last game, but um, I want to see DA kind of really take over too in that game again uh, to maybe slow the game down. I mean, that, I think that would help the team, the Suns team a lot um, because I feel like you can kind of see tonight where like I feel like some of the guys were missing like Shamit and Cameron Johnson and Chris Paul, like it's kind of coming into effect a little bit. It just it seems like they're kind of getting a little bit tired, especially back to back. So let's see if DA can do it again. Um, I'm excited because they're wearing the sunburst, so that'd be fun. I kind of wish Utah oh, yeah. would wear their 90s, but they can't. So they they'll can't, probably be wearing purple. those. They'll probably be wearing the bright, <laughs> those bright yellow ones. ones. Yeah, they <sighs> the highlighter ones. So we'll see how that looks on the court. <laughs> Well, you know, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, you, you got to understand that Utah, they are also playing tonight. They're about to lose to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the only way they beat us last time is Laurie Marketing literally had a career game against us. And we won by or we lost by one point. And we're at home. You know, this team is the best t- uh, home team in the league. I think they're what, 10 and one now, nine and one or 10 and one. So the Phoenix Suns, they own the home court. 
it's going to be a fun game to watch. As you mentioned, we get to see those sexy sunbursts again. So anytime that happens, it's, it's going to be a good game. So uh, what time's that one kick off at? It's 7 p.m. Arizona time, I assume. Yeah, I think it's 7. Uh, so you'll I don't know what time you get home, but I, I fly in at 9. So I'll probably be home just in time for, <laughs> for like maybe the last two minutes. <laughs> gotcha. Should, should yeah. I should I reach out to some of our cohorts and see if they want to contribute? Yeah, let's yeah. get Yeah. And the DA can have a crappy game. We can all fight about it. It's there we like, go. Hey, I love it. Maybe I should <laughs> reach out to the Aussie Suns fans see if they want to come in and host it with me and we can just talk about da for an hour maybe i'll actually do that i'll hit up gavin see gavin or boyd gavin or boyd if you're listening or watching uh dm me or i'll dm you uh but that being said yeah i'll be driving all day tomorrow so i'll get home probably right in time for the game to start i guess and then i go down and just watch the game do the pod and then just go to freaking sleep it's 12 hours on the on the road again tomorrow so so, so people keep asking about jock too in the chat yeah and i feel like last that's, that's last spot point. they did too but like we keep forgetting about it yeah like, well, let's well let's let's go ahead and throw his, his drop out there and and, and talk <laughs> about it Jesus, this is a nice limo yes it is now suck my jock landale third consecutive game that Monty Williams has chosen to go with Bismack Biamba over Jock Landell. The question everybody's asking, Matthew, why? Well, I love Bismack and I feel like he's doing a tremendous job. Um, but it is strange because we've seen such um, a good, consistent play from Jock. He went through like a slower stretch, but I thought he kind of got it back. I thought like the last few games before he got benched as in play, like he was playing good. Ever since that one interview he had where he was wearing that dirty Yankees hat or whatever, then he hasn't <laughs> come back. So I don't know if there's something off the court that happened. Maybe there's a whole lot of um, harassment stuff. Maybe it's that. I don't know why I even said that because yeah, that's terrible to say. It's not even true. Not even close. Yeah, well, to I it. didn't say what. It's just harassment. On that was fake news. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the fact that he's three of twenty six from beyond the arc this season. But he doesn't shoot it as much though anymore. He still shoots it. Monty Williams is probably like, dude, fucking stop. He's like, Jock, before you go in the game, no fucking threes. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna be wide open, you cunt. And he's like, No fucking threes. He's like, I'm gonna fucking shoot anyways. I'll show you. And then he'll do it. And then he's like, You're he's like, You're out. I think it's a couple things. You know, again, I think that, you know, one, I think Bismack. How many games did we not see Bismack and what we're doing on the pod? Where's Bismack? Yeah, exactly. Uh, two, you know that with Bismack, you're going to get some uh, defensive shot blocking. Although Jock can do the same thing. I feel like Jock obviously brings a little bit more offense to you, but I, I feel like it's it's more of a matchup thing. I think I feel like it's more of a matchup thing. So we'll see moving forward. You know, there's, there's peaks and valleys. There's lulls. There's all kinds of things throughout an, a season that a coach has to manage. And the big thing and the challenges that you have in the NBA with as many players as you have, even when you're injured, like the Phoenix Suns are, is you have to keep the team engaged. So what you do is you run a couple of weeks with Bismack. You run a couple of weeks with Jock. You let them kind of stay engaged here and there as you navigate the long and winding road. That is an NBA season. Yeah. I don't really care who's on the court either. Um, as long as we're just getting the wins, obviously that matters. I mean, we're number one in the West, which is really yeah. weird. It's been such a weird up and down season. And yeah, but, we're still number one. Yeah. And if like these guys keep missing games, it's fine. As long as there's nothing like serious. Um, they even brought up Sarge too. It's like, if Sarge doesn't play for a month and comes back, it's cool. As long as we're winning games, dude, I'm, I'm fine. Well, with and the same thing, I'll bring it back to DA. The same thing goes with DA. You know, as long as we're winning games, it's okay for him to have a lackadaisical kind of some of those games where it's like, dude, what the fuck? 
because we're winning. It's when we start losing that that hammer really will come down. And and you think this, you know, remember this, Suns fans. For those of you who are massive DA supporters and blindly are massive DA supporters, I like to think I'm an equal opportunity asshole. Like I'll look at everything and I'll take the information and based on the information, I'm going to make my decisions, right? I'm not just going to go like, well, I like DA, therefore everything he does is great. Or I hate DA or for everything he does sucks. Like you have to, you have to take it all in, let it swirl around in your head a little bit and, and make an opinion based off of everything that you see. If the Suns were losing games, everyone would be pointing to DA. Fucking everybody. Because of the money he's making and the lack of effort he gives sometimes. And guess what? Tonight, we're winning games, and DA's, he had a great game. So we should give him praise uh, when he's earned it, and he definitely earned it tonight. So we'll see moving forward what he does. We'll see what the rotation looks like behind him and what Monty does. Uh, but you have to see everything holistically, in my personal and humblest of opinions, Matthew. Well... Oh, the only thing was with DA, man. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like, if we're winning, but that's an exception for me is where I think that he needs to really work on his offense. Um, and of course, like EJ said, he should be leading the league in rebound. That's fine. But I'm just saying, if we're going to end up, if someone could just tell me, come out and say, hey, DA, we're not relying on him for offense. Like, we're not even going to worry about it this year. Then I'll be fine. But if we are and we're going to rely on it later in the future, they need to start working on something now and keep working on it. That way he can be that guy. If we have these games where he's just like non-existent, it's going to hurt us in the, in the long run. I feel like mm-hmm. still. No, I, I, I completely agree. You know, cause again, we have to be looking not only for this season, but for seasons moving forward. And we want to see those instances like tonight where it's like DA can control a game. We need more DA games because guess what? In a season or two, we're going to have to rely on those almost extensively knowing that it's going to be him and Booker care in this team because you're going to have other people who are just not going to have the ability to do so. Uh, Mario Lopez asks in the chat, he goes, Does, has Dwayne Washington done enough to get minutes over Landry Shamit, Matthew? I really love Shamit this year. And I know he's had, he's had some 0-4 games, but I think he's done a lot with that second unit, unit that uh, Dwayne can't do, especially there's even some playmaking stuff he's doing. Washington's still having a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had some really good scoring games from Washington, but I think Shamit, and especially how much money he's making, he needs to get those minutes over Washington for now. I think Washington allows Landry Shamit to take as long as he wants to get back from this concussion protocol. Having a player like him who can put up points effectively is allowing this team, much akin to Chris Paul, is allowing them to get the rest necessary so they can come back at full, full strength. Not 80%, not 90%, but 100%. Uh, When Landry Shamit's back, no, I think... Dwayne Washington falls back into his role and he becomes a mop-up guy. Guess what? There's 15 guys on this team. Not all of them can get substantial minutes every night. So you can appreciate the effort that he brings in night in, night out. And we do. Dwayne Washington has been fantastic. Him and Damian Lee have been two huge, huge pickups for the Phoenix Suns. But when the time comes, you have to, to your point, Matthew, you're paying Landry Shaman a certain amount of money for services that need to be rendered, and you need to allow him the opportunity to render those services, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with you. I think that what he's doing from a playmaking standpoint has been plus this season. From a shooting standpoint, I still feel like there's a lot of opportunity for, for growth in that capacity, but he has the ability to do so. We've seen stints of that throughout the beginning of the season in the games that he's played. Yeah, and Matteo Benicourt says, I don't know about the playmaking. It's true. It's nothing like great, but there's just instances where it's not even huge. It's just like he finds the right guy, like the 0.5 offense. 0.5 mm-hmm. offense is. He's moving that, the ball. 
moving the freaking ball, dude. He's really good. And it sounds stupid and lame, but a lot of these guys can't even do that. So the fact that he can, and he seems like a good Monty guy right now, he's playing He's playing his game that he should play last year. So uh, Agreed. And, and, and if you go and you look at like his assist totals, it's not like he's going to have a ton of assist totals, but he's got a lot of those hockey assists. Because to your point, Matthew, like he's moving the ball around the perimeter. He's he's driving and he's kicking to the to the perimeter. They're making that extra pass to a wide open person. And because Landry Shamit was driving to the to the paint, a defender collapsed. And it, you know, again, if it, they were counting hockey assists, I bet you Landry Shamit would have uh, some good numbers relative to that statistic. Me too. <laughs> well, I think on that no jamsters, I got to go to bed. I got to hit the road tomorrow, so I got I got to get some sleep. Matthew, I think he's finally starting to wake up, so he's pissed now cuz now he's going to be up all night. But we thank you ever so much for hanging out with us after another Phoenix Suns game. Uh, you know, you you have a lot of choices. You have a lot of Suns podcasts out there to listen to. Our good friends, Fanning the Flames, our good friends, the Aussie fan, uh, Suns fan podcast. Uh, go check them out when you can. You know, but thanks for hanging out with the original Phoenix Suns postgame podcast, the Suns Jam session. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Read my writing at thebrightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. That bad bitch. And you can follow this, the, the pod at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button down below. We appreciate it. And we will see you tomorrow. I will be back in Phoenix tomorrow after a long, long drive. So wish me well. I will see you then. Yeah. Go home and love your family. <laughs> Dunzo. credit card bill.